From time to time, I'm guessing that most of us try to please other people. Maybe not a lot, and maybe not often. But certainly around the church, you might find yourself uh, doing the best you can to please those who, with whom you work and worship, or study, or teach. Maybe sometimes you find you're catching yourself uh, trying to please folks in the community. Maybe some person walks by the street and uh, you recognize there may be a difference in social, socioeconomic status and you might do something to please them. Or someone comes to the door and is looking for some help and you might decide to please them. Or maybe you've got grandchildren like we have, and um, from time to time, you decide to do something with them, to please them, uh, take them away for some special event, to take them to McAdoo's or whatever it is that you like to do, because you want to please them. But I wonder this morning, along with the text that we've read, if you've thought much, with, uh, with, as I have, about the idea that I also want to please the Lord. And if I wanted to please the Lord, how in the world might I do that? To do some act that pleases the Lord, that I know perfectly well, God would be pleased by that. You may have heard the story of Mary. She was planning to bake a cake for a bake sale for her son's trip. Throughout the day, she was so busy that she forgot to get it ready until late in the day. How to bake a cake quickly. She found an Asia food cake in the cupboard and decided it would be the quickest. And after it was baked and she pulled it from the oven, she discovered it had collapsed in the middle. What to do now? Well, she decided to insert a roll of toilet paper in the center of the cake, and then she covered the cake with a beautiful icing. It looked delicious. She had her son take the cake to the sale that afternoon late, but she asked her daughter to get up early the next day and go buy the cake first thing in the morning. Yeah, unfortunately, her daughter slept in a little. And when she arrived at the sale, the cake was already gone. Later that day, Mary had to attend a gala function at the home of one of the parishioners from her church. One of the members of the church was having this great event in a beautiful home. She arrived at the event, and everyone was dressed to the hilt, and the meal was exquisite. Mary was surprised when the dessert came out that it was the cake that she had baked the day before. She began to stand to go to the hostess and explain the predicament when the hostess announced to the crowd about this beautiful cake and said that she'd made it. Herself. (laughs) Mary sat down, (laughs) smiled, and thought, Isn't God good? (laughs) 
how to please the Father is the essence of the text that I chose in Ephesians 5.11. You can look at that uh, briefly, but it's also on the front of your bulletin. Hebrews 5.11. Begins in verse 8. Let's just look at a couple of verses. For you were in darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out, discover, search what pleases the Lord. If we're going to have, I believe, some significance in our community here in Vancouver, if we're going to have some deliberate intention about deciding to assist and work along with the fall program that's beginning and the requests for help for the kids and the youth and maybe the worship service, if we're going to find ourselves providing significance in our community, I would suggest to us this morning that we need to first discover how to please the Father. We must know what it means to please the Father. If we are able and willing to serve successfully in fall ministry in the world, in Vancouver, on our streets. I want to suggest to you this morning that the church has been given the mandate to let the world know who God is. We have been given that mandate. That is our eternal mandate. We can better discover him by pleasing him. And thus, by pleasing him, share him with the world. But how do we do that? A unique phrase is left here from this text. Seek how to please the Lord. What if churches, individuals, ask the question of themselves as we are this morning, when we're seeking the Lord's leading this fall, what if we were to ask, along with me this morning, what pleases the Lord? In the Proverbs, the writer says in Proverbs sixteen seven, when a person's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. So, there are some stories of people in Scripture who are available this morning to show us how we might answer this question. Stories of people. In Micah 6.8, he writes, and the prophet writes, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. There are several illustrations, then, that I want to use as we ask this question. And interestingly enough, the only person in Scripture, other than Jesus, of whom it was said that he pleased God was, first of all, number one, Enoch. And so we find the story, just briefly, some of you are so familiar with it, in Genesis chapter 5. We find the story of Enoch, listed among many others. 
And in uh, Genesis chapter 5, we find in verse 21 following, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Although, or sorry, altogether Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Only one person in Scripture, except for Jesus himself, it is said, he pleased God. Not a lot of evidence, not a lot of uh, illustrations. Two people, the first being Enoch. But it's interesting that the writer to Hebrews that was read this morning, as the Holy Spirit takes, if you like, if you understand how the Holy Spirit works in Scripture, the re- responsible as the author of Genesis and responsible as the, uh, to the author of Hebrews, centuries later picks up the story. And in Hebrews chapter 11, comments on Enoch. And he says in, in uh, chapter 11, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken away, he was commended as one who pleased God. Enoch walked. With God. 65 years, and then he had a child, then he had others, and his story goes he lived a long time. He did not experience traditional death as we understand it. We comment on the fact that he was translated or that he was, as one writer said, carried across the river from this world to the next. He simply was gone. And the Holy Spirit says to us, That man pleased God. He pleased God. I'll leave uh, Hebrews 11, 5. People in the community watched him. People in his community thought of him as one who pleased God. People in the community looked up to Methuselah as he lived those many years. And, And they looked up to his father Enoch as well. Also, he was reconciled to God. The author in his, te- in his commentary, Pink, said that, in his opinion, Enoch was reconciled to God. So in those years, in that lifetime, through the, the years of his life, as he walked with God, it implies reconciliation. Walking, as you know, deliberate as we are, is something we all, by God's grace, can do. It's a unique thing for us, standing up and walking. And walking in the Bible has the idea of a deliberateness, of a carefulness, of a purposefulness. He walked with God. He was attentive to the Father as he understood him. And his community recognized it. But his walk had the idea that there was a relationship that between him and the Father was reconciled, was worked out. Amos writes, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? There's a reconciliation. He, this pleased God. This relationship, this sympathy, this harmony pleased the Father, according to Hebrews. And so he was also morally fit. He was morally fit. 
God does not walk out of the way of holiness. So there's a sense about Enoch that he had lived a holy life as well. For God to appear to the Israelites, it is said in the Old Testament, they had first to purify themselves, go to the priests, and have the relationship of purity established. God just doesn't show up to all of us. There's a deep sense of purity. There's a sense that we are morally fit, critical, if we're going to please God. Walking with God means that we cease walking our own way. And what influences my own way and your own way today but our culture? Our culture, as we grow older, as we move farther and farther from the revivals of the turn of the century, as we move through into this next century and the church seems to be different all the time more than culture, what is influencing us? It's our culture or it's our desire to please the Father, one or the other. And we, as we find ourselves in the church and getting ready to serve another fall and to serve as the church and the community and educate our children and work as leaders in the church and serve the church, find ourselves more and more in conflict with the culture in Canada today. But as Enoch lived, he got better at pleasing God. He got better at distinguishing between the culture and what pleases the Father. He got better at it. His spiritual life was improving all along. Can we expect less of ourselves this morning? When we see a mature Christian fall, one thing is sure. They were not walking with God as Enoch did. His spiritual life was progressive. Somehow he could look back over the months or years and even in his own heart sense that he was getting to know the Father better. He was pleasing the Father more and more in his lifetime. His community noticed it. His family noticed it. And the Holy Spirit comments on it. I found a couple of others in the scriptures who, although it is not said they pleased the Father, for it is only said of Enoch, and later we'll look at Jesus briefly, but I found some others to illustrate briefly some idea of what it means to please the Father. I found Noah, of course, in Genesis 6 and following. Noah, who obeyed the Lord in the midst of years of disappointment and criticism. He eventually built an ark, which still exists today. By, you can see it in satellite images, and maybe someday it'll be uncovered. I found Hezekiah in 2 Kings 20, the son of Ahaz, a king of Israel. Of course, the king Ahaz did not live to please the Lord. But Hezekiah, his son, followed the ways of the father, it says, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord even though he did not have the illustration of his father to show him. At one point later in Hezekiah's life, he came before the Lord weeping because he was very ill. And the prophet actually came to him and said, Set your house in order, Hezekiah, for you're going to die. This illness will kill you. 
Hezekiah in his later years came before the Lord and prayed, weeping. And he said, Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and I have done what is good in your eyes. In 20 verse 3 of 2 Kings. He just said, Father, remember how I've lived. Before Isaiah the prophet left the building, the Holy Spirit told him, and said, go back to Hezekiah and give him another 15 years. I think Hezekiah pleased the Lord, although the phrase is not used. This leads us, secondly, to Christ. We read of him, in, of course, throughout the New Testament, particularly in John in 8.29. We're referring to Jesus. It's, he says, I, I do all that is well-pleasing to the Father. Jesus sought to please the Father. We get an early glimpse of Jesus in Matthew 3 in his baptism. And the final phrase when Jesus was baptized, the dove came down and the Holy Spirit said through the dove, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, which is the second phrase describing using this phrase in the Bible. One for Enoch and one for Jesus. He pleased the Father. Jesus knew how to answer the question, how do I please the Lord? Jesus was obedient. He was obedient under pressure. He was obedient as he went to the cross. To illustrate for us how to please the Lord, Jesus says, obedience. So how do we please God? We walk with Him, and we can do that. We obey Him, and we can do that. These indicators this morning are critical. To walk with Him, and to obey Him. Friends, many of you have practiced that over many years. To walk with Him, and obey him. Thirdly, though, and importantly, of course, as the music is so wonderfully illustrated as the worship team led us this morning, and so many times I found, yes, that's right. Number three is faith, of course, from our text in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 5b and 6. Let me read it again. By faith... Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Somehow the Spirit knew that. Somehow the Spirit was able to look back and look at the life of Enoch and say, you know what, back then, as the Spirit now writes through the Hebrews to us, even that man pleased God. Without faith, he says, it is impossible to please God, verse 6. Oh dear, now what? Faith is critical. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the answer to your query along with me is, how do I please the Father? How do I please the Lord? This morning? Well, it's impossible. 
without faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 defines faith for us a little bit. And I'll, let me illustrate that for you. It says in Hebrews 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we, what we do not see. Picture yourself with me, if you will. You're adrift out here in the Pacific. And you're lost. And you're desperate. And as you're adrift, you think of the first part of the verse. It is the substance of things hoped for. That's faith. And as you're drifting, a log begins to drift nearby. And as the log gets close to you out there in the middle of the ocean, it seems, with no land in sight... There's a log. And somebody cut it. And somebody did something. Then you look more closely as the log gets closer, the evidence of things not seen. And as, you, as it gets closer to you, you notice a green leaf on a twig on the log. The evidence of things not seen. Land must be nearby. That's faith. When all the evidence points against it. So in Hebrews 11.6, there are two conditions then that may make it possible for us to have faith. Right? Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must first, what? Believe. Believe he exists. Isn't that a challenge for you as it is for me today? To believe God exists when our culture in so many ways impinges on our thought process and our experience and all the terrible things about us and the questions we ask when a loved one dies or a child dies or the news shows us desperate pictures of those who are refugees and we ask ourselves, really does God exist? Do I really believe he exists? And the writer of the Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God and have faith unless you believe God exists against all the sometimes evidence for his existence. Are you there with me this morning, church? Do you believe he exists? Because without that, it is impossible to please the Father. And secondly, it says... He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. In the last couple of weeks, Judy and I have been debating about something. Um, Our 50th wedding anniversary is next spring. And the debate with us has been you know, should we celebrate it? And, and okay, yeah. But how? How should we celebrate it? We've been to only a few 50ths, her parents, for one. And one of the ways is for Judy and me to do something together. And that's legitimate and good. But you see, we got these four beautiful kids and their families and ten grandchildren, and we've been debating about, yeah, but look, 50 years of marriage is a pretty cool thing, especially in our culture and the way things are going, right? 
And maybe it behooves Judy and I rather to try somehow to get everybody together over two provinces, and it's tough for young families to travel, to get everybody together and say, here's grandma and grandpa, and they're celebrating 50 years of marriage. Because you know what? Our grandkids probably don't see that sort of marriage very often. And maybe it behooves us as we're, and we haven't decided, by the way, and if you got some advice this morning, sure, I'll listen. We haven't decided what to do because it's, it's, it'll be a task. But it probably would be smart for us to realize that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And our grandchildren, young as they are, from 6 to 19, are trying to, in their years, trying to figure out who God is too. And if they've got grandparents who've been fortunate enough to celebrate 50 years of marriage, maybe we should show them how important that is. Maybe we should pull them together. No, we haven't solved it. But we're sure thinking about it. To walk with him and to obey him and to experience his blessing. But ultimately and finally this morning, of course, the answer is found to the question in your own personal faith in God, right? And my own personal faith in God through the finished work of Christ, our model and our hero of faith. Jesus. As we bring our service to a conclusion in a moment, as the worship team comes, you may be thinking this morning, you know, George, yes, I think I need to work at this and seek how to please the Lord. I need to be more attractive to Him in that way, to do things that please Him. In a moment, as we pray, I'll ask you, if that's what you're saying, I'll get you to raise your hand where you're seated and it'll just be me, but I'll pray for you. But the leadership will pray for you too, even though they're not looking. They'll pray for you because they'll know hands went up. They'll pray for you too, as I will. But secondly, this morning you may be saying, you know, George, the way things have gone in my life and the way the world and the culture has influenced my life, I'm not even sure God exists. I'm not even sure that he rewards those who seek him. And I want assurance today of that through the finished work of Christ on the cross. And I'm going to raise my hand because I want someone to pray with me today to receive Christ. And I want to start the process officially today to be a child of that God who does exist through the finished work of Jesus who died and rose for me. And yes, I want to be standing with the fathers we sang in glory someday. I want to believe in God by faith. Shall we bow for prayer? Let's all close our eyes and let's pray together as I pray. And as I'm going to pray in a moment for you, you may say this by raising your hand, George, I today, I want to start discovering how to please the Lord Starting today, officially, we're on the task. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning. If that's where you are this morning, you say, yes, I can, I can do this.
by His grace, I want to please the Lord in my actions and how I live. Anyone this morning just say, George, pray for me as I do that this morning. Anybody this morning, just briefly, yes, I see that. Anyone else, yes. I want you to pray, yes, I see you at the back, yes. And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Anyone else this morning, I want to please the Lord. I can see how to do it. And I, can, I know his grace will be with me, but I want to be that Enoch. I want to be that person. Anyone else this morning, just pray, yes, I see that. Anyone else this morning that I can pray for you? Yes, 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 I say yes, okay. All right. And secondly, and of course is important this morning, George, I'm not a believer. I have doubts. I've never asked Jesus in my life. This morning, I'm going to raise my hand and ask you to pray for me to receive Christ this morning. So I have the assurance of my faith, and I too can begin to walk in that way. Anyone this morning says, you know, George, this is the time. This first Sunday in September, 2015, this is the day I give my life to Christ. Anyone this morning, just raise your hand. I'll see that, and I'll pray with you.